0: welcome to another episode of the producing half podcast where we break down events or so far we've just been going through topics getting a baseline of i guess culture or belief system but we do it in a a way for the working class or the middle class the producers out there really um i was a working poor at one point in my life My first job was $4 and 25 cents an hour. Not my first job, but my first W2 job, real job. We had a boss and everything. Um, I worked every summer, but those were all like cash things or just with my father or something. Um, But my first like real job, other than I worked at a restaurant briefly, but my first real, real, real job was $4 and 25 cents an hour. And that would have been at um, Best, Best Products. Yeah, Best Products would have been the place. And also at a bowling alley as well. Um, But uh, yeah, just to break down current affairs and just the world and everything from a um, working class producing American uh, point of view. But today we're going to talk about inflation. And um, I started typing notes about this. Well, I was going to do some research today on it. I even Googled it and was about to open up a bunch of articles on it. And I said, well, let me just outline what I want to talk about. And I <clears throat> typed up an outline in, I don't know, two minutes flat and realized I don't need to do any research because I'm not going to get into the weeds. Um, what I mean is I'm not going to get into the statistics of it or the mathematics of it or any of the, um, you know, just examples throughout history or things like that. I'm just going to go on it from a, you know, a 50,000 feet view. Of it, just a, a view that every normal, average American should understand, and in a way that they could have a conversation about it and be correct without having to memorizing a bunch of stats. Because that's how they get you: is they, they're like, "Oh, you got this stat wrong." Like, "Okay, I'm sorry, I missed the decimal point, or I didn't get the exact to the point zero zero three percent correct." But the gist of my arguments there. So <clears throat> we're not going to get into the weeds of it. We're not going to focus on the extreme details of it. Per se so uh, inflation is an insidious tax on the poor especially the poor and even the middle class maybe even to like upper middle class but but that'd be about it the not necessarily on the rich or the definitely not on the elites but it is probably the worst tax on the poor um and you you notice it when you go to the grocery store these days i carried one bag of groceries out the other day and it was over it was three figures it was over a hundred dollars and it was nothing i didn't think it was anything it was just things we needed we don't even buy meat anymore it's just too expensive we do we just buy chicken because chicken's still affordable or whatever's on sale or whatever's about to expire is the only real meat we get because um, we don't you know we don't get any government assistance so we got to pay for it ourselves whenever the people buying the meat are either rich or um, they get uh, government assistance. But the poor in the middle class are the ones who, I digress, the poor in the middle class are the ones who are most affected by, the, uh, by inflation. And it's really easy to see that because what percentage of your income do you have to spend on necessities? For me, it's the vast majority of my income is spent on necessities, um, and for a rich person or even an elite, um, depending on how you define rich, um, you know, for me, rich is up there. You know, definitely, you know, you're, you're upper, depending on where you live. You know, if you live in Manhattan, you make five hundred thousand dollars a year, you're not rich, and you're not even you're lower middle class probably. and but if you live in you know some rural virginia not virginia maybe kentucky rural kentucky and you make five hundred thousand dollars a year you're rich um it just depends on where you're living on that that. but i'm talking about you know people are making over a million dollars a year um they are they don't their percentage of the their income that they're they're spending on the necessities is much less it's insignificant compared to what the middle class and the poor spend on necessities and so inflation disproportionately affects the poor and middle class. They um, they have to buy these things. These things are a percentage of their income, and when inflation affects these items, um, it affects their you know their net disposable income. What they have to spend is significantly. Um, damaged by inflation not so much and 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 for the the rich and the the elites there's lots of things We'll, we'll i'll get into some of the stuff in a little bit but there's lots of things they do to protect themselves from inflation um i mean you you know inflation just from listening to your parents because i remember my father talking about when he first met my mother and they just had my older brother um and he worked for like $2 and something an hour as a security guard at uh, UT and had an apartment, bought groceries, had a car, would go out to the movies on Friday night. Um, was, you know, living the, the, the American dream. They weren't rich. They were working class people, but they weren't poor. They were able to pay for everything. There, was on, there were no government assistance and so that is an example of inflation minimum wage you could not support a family of three on minimum wage these days it's 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 an impossibility it's a sad sad joke and then if everybody who's a family of three on minimum wage is getting many thousands of dollars in government assistance well, we should probably stop calling it government assistance. To be to to be fair, it should be called taxpayer assistance. It should be fellow Americans' assistance because the government has no money. They they have no no money. They have our money. It is our money that they have stolen from us. That's the only money the government has. So it's not <clears throat> it's your money. So all government assistance is your money. Um, so you understand inflation just talk to your parents on how they used to live and what everything's cost and what it costs now. And the thing about inflation is that your income doesn't keep up with it. The, uh, what people make does not keep up with inflation and inflation is about to, it's already started. It's somehow it's, it's not in the news or it's been a little bit hidden from the public, but inflation is already there. I see it in the price increases on everything that uh, I do with in my businesses with my various contractors and stuff and then i also see it with uh just the things that i buy and the the, you know the cost of things that i want to buy um it's inflation is already here and it is it is huge it is not two percent or whatever they try to to fake it with the numbers um another thing you have to realize is that the dollar i mean since early maybe early 1900s i mean it's basically lost 95 percent of its value so if you had a dollar back then it's worth a nickel today so that's a that's a huge loss in that's inflation that's inflationary and uh it's really went out of it really went out of whack after i think it was nixon took us off the gold standard for a while there was a legal own gold can you imagine that you had to turn in your gold i need to look into that and re- i know that it's a truth but i've never read about it all i really need to study that because that just seems if they came and knocked on my door and wanted to take my one gram of gold because that's all i've ever bought was one gram it came in this fancy little square thing with um some kind of certificate saying that it was real gold if they wanted to come take my one gram of gold from me then I, I, we'd have a problem you can't tell me what i can and cannot own i mean they do it with drugs i guess <clears throat> but uh, since the gold standard is when r- the real inflation has taken effect <clears throat> you have to understand the difference between money and currency it's kind of you're kind of uh um arguing over semantics here but you're not either there is a difference between mer- money and, and currency and uh, what we have in america is not money your dollar bill is not money it's just currency it's worse than just currency it's fiat currency um and that just means that it only has a value because the government says it has value but money has value in and of itself gold is an extreme example of money you know for a long time you could buy things with gold coins or silver coins uh, before, you know, in the old days, you could just buy That was actually people that took gold. You could just walk in there and, and buy things with gold. Um, so gold is a money. And then our dollars could be counted as money, I guess, um, whenever there was a gold standard, but that really is hard to say because I think when Nixon took us off gold, the, our money was mm-hmm. not backed by gold. It was, uh, officially backed by gold. But if the, we went in there and counted the, the gold in Fort Knox, uh, we wouldn't have had enough. The same thing with silver these days. I think all the silver bought and sold on the stock market or the comex or whatever they call the exchange there is uh, doesn't exist on earth. But what we have is currency. You don't have any money. You have currency. Now it's just digital currency. I think they call that commercial currency or something where it's just it's just in your um, it's just a, a one and a zero. You don't actually they, they want to get rid of all physical currency for sure. Um <clears throat> and a lot of the you have to understand man in order to truly appreciate inflation you have to a little you understand a little bit about the the how our banking system works you know we are in a uh, we have a fiat currency we have a debt based economy and a fractional reserve banking system So um, if you're not one of the bankers, if you're not one of the elites and I give you a thousand dollars, let's just do a hundred dollars. if I give you a hundred dollars, well, you have a hundred dollars. You could loan somebody a hundred dollars and you only have a hundred dollars. I give one of these special people, better than us, a hundred dollars, bankers, if I put a hundred dollars in a bank, they then take that hundred dollars, reserve it, and loan $1,000. And so now they have $1,000, you say. Well, not really, they've loaned it out. <clears throat> but that $1,000 then gets deposited back in their bank, let's say. And so now they got the 1000 Now they have $1,000 in that bank and $100 in that bank. Now that $1,000 that just got deposited in that bank, that the guy hasn't spent yet, they can loan out ten thousand dollars on that thousand dollar deposit ten percent reserve is pretty average i think so that is fractional reserve banking now it's not so cut and dry as that they have um you know the the money that they loan out gets spent and taken everywhere else but if you just think of the banking system as a whole as as just one bank then that is how it works i give you a hundred dollars and that they give that bank the $100. They loan out 1000 That 1000 goes back into the bank. They loan out 10000 That 10000 goes back in the bank. They loan out 100000 They turn your $100 into a lot of money. Um, again, it's that the math is not accurate. And that's not 100% how it works, but it is close enough for how we understand it. And you're not them, so you've only got 100 Now I want my $100 back, by the way. <clears throat> so that's fractional reserve banking. That is how they take this money, this debt spending that they do, and it just it compounds out of control because of the way our whole banking system works. And this is not an economics course. I am not an economics professor. This is just we're sticking at we're sticking below 101. This is not even high school 101. This is junior high 101. So uh, don't get all pendant, don't get all specific on me and and arguing that. Um, that, that I'm not accurate in how I'm describing it. This is just an overview so that you can have a conversation about it and kind of have a, a general understanding on how and what you're talking about. The thing that I really, the inflation, the part of the inflation I want to talk about is the stimuluses. The, the quantitative easing, easing, easing and all the money, the, ba- the banking bailouts and the housing bailouts, the banking was horrific. Um, man, when are we ever going to, when are we ever going to stop putting up with the pure theft of all of our, not only our money, but our kids and our grandchildren's, our grandchildren's future. I mean, it's just how lazy and ignorant and apathetic, uh, American, as, as Americans we have become me as well, I guess, although I am doing this, um, this podcast, so I'm doing something at least. And i'm voting uh and researching on how to vote and stuff like that correctly and uh, i guess i'll start doing more it's just i work for a living it's hard excuses but the stimulus that they just did this COVID stimulus is it's criminal it's criminal what they did it is a horrible horrible crime committed on the committed on the poor and the middle class it's complete theft of our money it's complete theft of our future and our children's future it is a horrible tax on, on us. It is going to cause huge inflation, inflationary periods. It is a horrible, horrible thing. So um, let me give you an example of what they did, the stimulus. Let's say you were walking down the street and I walked by and I pull out a gun and I say, you know what? I see you have $10,000 there. You give me that $10,000 or I'm going to shoot you. So you hand me over your $10,000. There's no place to go to. So you're just out of your $10,000. I've got it now. I see you a week later and you are, you know, you're not doing well. I can tell you have an A. You don't have any money. I'm not, So I feel bad. And I want, I don't want you to die. And I don't want you to, to be so bad off that you go to extreme measures. So I'm going to give you $50 back. Like here, you know what? This is stimulus money. You don't owe it back to me, man. Here's $50. And you're supposed to be thankful that um i that i gave you fifty dollars back it was a week later so maybe it wasn't a part of the ten thousand dollars i stole from you but i stole ten thousand dollars for you and i just gave you fifty dollars back and i called it a stimulus well that's what they did to you they took ten thousand dollars from you your politicians that we all vote for and they gave you fifty dollars back and then they gave themselves the other nine thousand nine hundred and fifty dollars they gave it themselves in votes because look what they did, they voted for our stimulus. So let's vote for us. They gave it to their their friends, their corporate uh, elites that tell them what to do. They gave them to foreign governments. Our stimulus, our money, our taxpayer dollars for the COVID relief stimulus, went to some sort of gender study in Pakistan or something and Saudi Arabia and all these other countries got our, our taxpayer dollars. They get them every year. But on a, something as an emergency, as a COVID relief bill, and people did need money, um, people actually needed, they needed to go back to work. They needed to not shut down the the economy. It's what they needed to do. But they, people did need some, some cash in their pocket, for sure. I mean, $1,200 isn't going to do anything for you long term, but I guess at least they can get you some groceries in your uh, fridge and maybe... Uh, well they couldn't be invicted, so i guess didn't keep maybe kept no they couldn't turn your electricity off either so i guess they just put some groceries in your your fridge maybe you caught up on some bills or something <clears throat> but that was what they did that's what your and and that was your uh COVID stimulus enjoy it enjoy that fifty dollars they gave you back i know the the numbers aren't what they are people got twelve hundred dollars and six hundred dollars and thirty six hundred dollars and they got some pretty large sums and i bet the proportionality of what i'm saying is correct because of the inflation So that money, there's so, there's only so many dollars out there chasing so many goods. And when they flood the economy with that much debts, debt spending, all that, a lot of people save that money. So then that money goes back into the banks and blah, blah, blah. We're back to the whole uh, fractional reserve thing. Uh, A lot of people spent it. Go to, everything is so much, you can't even get things. Not only that, people aren't going back to work. So you don't. So there's, it's hard to hire people to do things. I talk to so many people, and I'm like, "Hey, I need it. Uh, it's going to be a week before I can get that that dirt over to that job site." I'm like, "Well, well what do you mean a week? I need my caliche. and I can't I can't get I can't even hire drivers. I'm offering to pay people more money than I've ever paid, and they and and they won't they won't uh, they won't do it. They're not working. Nobody wants to work. They're getting they're getting so much in unemployment. They don't they don't want to go to work. I hear that that from. All the contractors and, and uh, people I deal with, and some of the people I deal with, do very, very hard jobs, and they don't get paid that lot. I mean, it's manual labor, but it is hard. It's hard work. It's not skilled labor, but it's hard, hard work. Mm-hmm. They can't get people to do it. They they won't they won't do it. It's they won't. They're getting paid too much. They're getting too much money to stay home and do nothing, and it's too easy. I know I know people who are playing the unemployment game right now. I personally know people who are not working and do not have any intention of working and they can work they even manipulated it so they would be out of work so they can collect free money from the government our money free taxpayer money that is happening all over america this economy is is spinning out of control and 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 uh, we're all just with our eyes closed not even paying attention to it but all this money they're pumping into this economy is going to cause huge inflation there's nothing you can do about it the rich will be fine the corp you know corporations got most of our stimulus money we got such a small fraction of it compared to what the corpse got Corporations got the vast majority of it. The politicians and all their friends, and that money filters back to the politicians and campaign donations and lucrative jobs. Um, all that filters back to them. So you, they took, they stole your money, gave you fifty dollars, and kept the other ten, the rest of the ten thousand dollars for themselves. And you're supposed to be grateful for that. It, it is such a um, they stole it, man. It is freaking criminal, and we just let them do it. It's 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 insane. Now the rich aren't going to suffer like we, the the rest of us are. They protect themselves. They have sophistic. There's more sophisticated. The poor and the middle class generally don't have the liquidity, and we're not sophisticated enough to protect ourselves from inflation. The rich have no problem with inflation, generally speaking. Especially the elites. There's you know I have a, I need to study why this is true. But I, I kind of have a vague understanding of it. But let's say, uh, first of all, the rich don't buy buy things with their money. I run into this all the time when I'm dealing with rich people buying things, and I'm thinking, why are you financing this? You have plenty of you have plenty of cash. You could definitely just pay for it, but they don't do that. They finance everything, and especially in an inflationary period like we're rolling into, man, there's going to be some serious uh, financing going on, debt spending. Because let's say you buy something uh, that costs you a hundred thousand dollars in today do- today's dollars and you put it on a 30 year note, so your but inflation is running rampant, so there's lots of inflation uh, again. I'm the, the numbers aren't necessarily important, you'll, you'll understand it, I hope, although I barely. Um, so inflation is running rampant, so they they borrowed. $10,000, $100,000 in today's dollars. It's worth $100,000 as we see it. And then they buy a real tangible asset. And then they finance it over 30 years. And debt generally is not indexed. I don't know if there's any debt that is indexed to inflation. I've never heard of it. Maybe there is, but I've never heard of it. And what index means is that you would pay more back an index rate is how when something is indexed that means it's tied to something and so for like um like an adjustable rate mortgage and an arm let's say it has an it's an index a lot of arms are indexed to the libor the london and, and internal banking whatever anyways the libor and so um, that's how it's that. So if the libor goes up, your interest rate on your house goes up. That sort of thing. So there's a base index that changes overall. Well, debt's not indexed. So it's it's still $100,000. Well, they they know that inflation is going to devalue the currency. So when they st- they pay it back, they're paying it back in in, in less valuable dollars that they're they're able to easy, easily earn. And so they ended up paying a fraction of what $100,000 cost. And I've never looked into this. I wonder if lenders factor in uh, inflation in their pricing of their mortgage. I mean, they would have to, right? I have to look into that. That's interesting. Maybe that's another topic. But that's one thing they do is they, they play the inflation game. They know that. They can buy lots of things knowing that and the inflation is going to run rampant and they're going to pay it back with cheaper dollars later on. They also you think about the, what the rich do the rich the corporates the corporations the billionaires and the multi-millionaires they control the the, the politicians the politicians whether or not they are millionaires when they become politicians they are millionaires after they're politicians they write the laws to protect themselves they have the ability to to get you know they have the liquidity and the ability to do investments in a way to protect themselves from inflation most poor people and middle class have their assets in the form of cash savings or maybe a house but they don't have a lot of uh, assets that protect their money from inflation that later on when they need uh, liquidity they we can cash it in and get tomorrow's dollars that you, you didn't lose for inflation So, you know, if I have $10,000 in the bank, I can't go buy an expensive piece of art and tie that money up so that uh, later on, uh, you know, in 10 years when I need that $10,000, I can sell that art, probably even went up in value and get those new dollars. um, Let's say, um, you know, $20,000 of new dollars that are protected from, that are not, that haven't been devalued from inflation. I, I drive a 2003 pickup truck i'm probably going to need to buy a new truck eventually so i need that ten thousand dollars i don't have ten thousand dollars in savings but if i did i would need that ten thousand dollars to buy a truck i can't tie it up in some sort of uh very unliquid asset and these rich people can they buy high valued real estate that is going to be protected from inflation due to appreciation they buy um high value um arts and other goods gold they buy hard assets and there's other types of investment products that are protected from they own stocks but there's other investment products that are specifically geared towards protecting f- from inflation they can afford to buy all these things and they have the lawyers and the tax professionals and the sophistication to um to protect themselves from it we don't we just you know we're trying to file a 1040 and just make it make it through a you know tax season without ripping all of our hair out obviously i don't have any. I ripped it all out. Last time I did taxes. Um, you know, I do my own taxes. I can't afford to go pay a specialist. To, well, I don't have... My taxes are simple, so it'd be a waste of money anyways. I don't have a... I'm a, I'm a not a 1099. I'm just a W-2 kind of guy. So it's super easy to do your own taxes when you're W-2. The poor just don't have the sophistication or the liquidity to do that. And the middle class doesn't either. And so we are extremely... Um, we're extremely affected by inflation. It takes so much... Of, it keeps us from it keeps us from getting out of the hole. They know this and they like that part of it. They need a poor consuming working class. That is the middle class is the greatest danger to them when you get a middle class that actually has some leisure time and some spare money and the ability to educate themselves um, that's the most dangerous thing to these uh, these elites and these uh, crony capitalists and these leftists they definitely don't want that. They want the smallest middle class as possible, the largest poor class as possible. They want debt slaves. That's what they want. They want people sla- They want them in- enslaved by debt, or enslaved by inflation, which is the worst kind of tax. It's just another tax. They're taking your money and throwing it out there, and you owe that money back, and then it's it's. It is so insidious because not only do you you're gonna to have to pay that money back, we the American people are gonna to have to pay all that debt back somehow. It has to get paid back, right? So it's gonna be get paid back in the form of taxes and lost production. And then the inflation is a tax on top of that tax. So it's just it is destroying the middle class and it is destroying the poor and just making them poor, making them harder to get out of it. They're using your money to buy you. That's all they're doing. They're using your money, and that's beyond, it's not even that anymore. It's not your money anymore. They're using your grandchildren's money to buy your vote and to buy your complacency and to buy your lack of revolt because that's what they want. They just want to keep you dumb and they want to make sure you have a TV because our poor is not com- poor compared to the history of earth, not even poor compared to the vast majority of of the world today our poor would be considered our poor today would be considered the elites. You go back just a few hundred years are there. Just the dental care that our poor have today is better than the greatest Kings had in the olden days. Um, so yeah, our poor are better off than in America are better off than the rest of the world and definitely better off than anything in history, including the elite. Um, but that's, that's a, that's a, that's another that's a something for another story, but it is keeping you, um, proportionality. It's keeping you in proportion to their money and their, their, uh, advantages. They're, they're keeping you as far down the, the, the ladder as possible. And they're doing this on purpose and they're doing this to your children and grandchildren. For me, I'm 46. I got that right this time. I'm 46. You know, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, I, I've got, you know, I'm halfway through my life probably, especially with my health. I'm halfway through. I hope I'm only halfway through. Um, I'd be that'd be a success story if that's true. Um, what, Forty, yeah, that would, yeah, for sure, one hundred percent. Oh, yeah, I would love for this just to be the halfway mark. I'm not one of those people who, who want to die. I want to live forever. I, I love life. I have so much fun, even though uh, I'm frustrated with the world we live in, and a lot of people would say that I'm a negative person. It's not. I'm not. I'm just sarcastic, and I I'm very realistic. And I don't show a lot of um, um, enthusiasm maybe, but I'm always just pretty content and happy and I, I always have fun and I always feel like, I always feel blessed And I, Whenever I'm driving to work in my 2003 pickup truck, it doesn't have air condition. I always pass by these, uh, these homeless people. There's one homeless person that has uh, in a wheelchair and I don't even think they have legs. And I think, man, thank you, God. I'm so blessed even though i have to work 50 60 hours a week and i have you know at least i get to work at least i'm not in a wheelchair on the side of the road begging for uh my dinner that day no matter how bad you are trust me uh go send an emergency room in, in the poor hospital and you'll see how, how blessed you are but this um the the what they're doing to our children is what's super frustrating me not me myself because like i said i feel blessed even in my current situation But my children and my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren, I think about that because what what does it mean to be a parent anyways? What does it mean to be a human being? Because you're only here for a fraction of a second. A fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a second is your existence. So you want to leave something behind. And the only thing is humanity we can leave behind unless you're a pharaoh and you build a giant pyramid. Whether they are their aliens or not. Hmm. Anyway, well, <clears throat> unless you're a pharaoh and you build a uh, giant pyramid, there's the only thing you can leave behind is is your children being in a little bit better situation than you. And they know that. But they, they, they take that away from you. They take it away from your, your children's future with inflation and, and debt spending and, and all these monetary policies and this crony capitalism and all these barriers they throw up. They throw up these huge barriers so that you can't um, invest properly, you can't like. There's like a you have to have like twenty five thousand dollars in your stock account in order to do it, become a day trader. You can make money at day trading. I have no idea how the stock market works, and I did okay at it for a little while while I was willing to invest the huge amount of time. And I'm playing with small dollars. Like I, I think I put five hundred dollars in there, and I took that five hundred dollars and making small trades, but pretty uh, slow enough that i didn't get the whole day trading moniker on my account but pretty fast and i turned it into two thousand dollars in a month basically to be honest all most of that profit came from uh, one transaction i bought some bio something stock bionanical something i don't know i just looked at the chart and it was like at the bottom of the chart and and it was a real company that had some news about it so i thought well it can't go any lower if it went any lower just be bankrupt and seems like they're not going bankrupt so i bought some stock and it went up to like six, seventeen. 17 i bought it for less than a, i mean it was pennies it was like a penny stock it went to like 17 dollars a share so i made like a thousand dollars on that so that was the majority but i'm still i'm just saying that even quickly in a month not knowing anything what i'm doing i was able to make some money at, at, at the stock market i don't really play it anymore um because i just don't have the time to really look into it and you know you get that stupid warning that you're a day trader and you can't there's a they put a lot of barriers up to prevent us uh workers us producers us the the work they want a, a poor consumer class is what they really want but us working class us producers out there they put a lot of barriers so that we can't climb out of of our situation and I'm not trying to be a victim because I don't believe in in that whole victim mentality no matter what barriers they put up you you can climb out and you can do it uh I am about a million billion times better off than my parents were uh at this time of their life or, or any time of their life truthfully I mean we were very poor my wife always says you need to talk about your childhood and where you came from people don't won't believe it and you need to express where you're at in life compared to where you came from man but that was my childhood. What do I care? nobody cares about other people's problems in their childhood. As soon as you turn 18, you got to stop blaming your parents for your life and, and pull yourself up by your bootsteps and go out there. No matter how bad your upbringing was or how far I saw that analogy, which kind of made sense to me where, um, it was a foot race to the finish line and they, uh, had the poor folks who had no education in the back. And as the economics, you know, of the, the socioeconomic status of the, the people, um, uh, went up they were closer and closer to the finish line like okay start the race and then of course the elites at the front you know had to make a few steps and they won <clears throat> i get that you know, that's that's a true that's a true statement but it's still just an excuse you can still do so much i've done so much my parents have never owned a house i own a house again in america you don't really own anything you have to pay your taxes mortgage company owns it for 30 years and then and at the same time you're renting it from the government i get it but i own a house i have two cars i have you know everything that you could that a typical middle class person would want so i have done i'm a million times better off than my parents have ever been so i have grown and i did that all on my own i didn't have any help on that no one helped me with that that was all me and i i want my my children to be much better off because they will go to college and they will have me um constantly um, berating them to do better and then hopefully their children will be even better off and so I ended a cycle that could have been horrible, and and um, and started the cycle going a different direction. I changed the uh, trajectory of, of my family's and my children and my descendants' life. Hopefully, that's all you can do, really. And they want, to, and inflation is one of the tools they use to keep that from happening, to keep you from from doing that sort of thing. Um, They have to, if you look at how the the fractional reserve banking and you look about how this crony capitalism works and how they're moving it more and more and more towards socialism, we do not live in, we don't want to live in a democracy, first of all. Research democracies and all the horrible things they've done. Um, But we don't live in a constitutional republic like we're supposed to. We're, We're basically in a social democracy at this point, moving fully towards socialism. Which will then move to some sort of Marxism, communist type thing. I don't know if our constitution will be able to protect us from that or not. I hope. But nobody even looks or pays attention to it anymore. So I doubt it. I guess the only hope would be you live in a state. And the state may be uh, able to resist what's going to happen. And maybe you'll be safe in your state. I read an article a long time. It was kind of racist. But the gist of it wasn't um it was just how they kind of described the future was a little racist to me but um it basically said we'd all be ending in the it would end up america would end up as city states and they didn't really mean state states they meant like really large cities um that were the elites lived where there was all this technology and i read this a long time ago i'm talking i mean i was probably in my early 20s so 20 years ago plus and uh this guy said there'd be these these nice Huge cities full of the the rich, the educated, the elite, you know, a technology class of people. And they'd be surrounded by third world, third world nation. He was coming at it, I think, from a, from a racial point of view, but I didn't get, I didn't take that. I didn't take that point from it. He, uh, I took the point of, you know what? It is going to end up that way, but it's going to end that way. Not because of some color of somebody's skin, but because of social economic status, because what they're going to do with, uh, with everybody's, um, with with the economies they're going to make everybody debt slaves that's what they're going to do and and it doesn't mean if it isn't slave doesn't necessarily mean that you um owe a bunch of money like a debtor's prison um it, it, it's also because of the fact that you're a working poor you know that's a form of of debt slave you're just uh a, you know I've heard wage slave kind of thing and don't get offended because I'm using the word slave I have we got to be a little bit more nuanced and sophisticated in our uh, conversation And so uh, I, you know, I picked that up out of that guy's article and and it leads me to another point and then I'll, I'll move on since we're so far off our topic right now, but I keep reading all these books and a lot of the books I don't, I feel like it's a waste of time because I'm downloading free books just because I'm cheap, I guess. I'm not cheap. Actually, my wife constantly says, if I want something, I just go buy it on and shop for the best price. But you know, I'm just it because there's so many of these free books on audible i do suggest audible for people who drive and just don't have time to to in a quiet spot to read i love reading and i have physically read thousands of books love it but i just don't have time for a quiet little spot to read anymore where i can just you know do that i fall asleep at night first of all i go to bed and then you know there's just no other time i have kids wife everything going on i just don't have it So I can read, I can listen to these books while I'm driving to and from work or from at lunch and the restroom, it doesn't matter. You can listen to these books. And, um, or right before you go to bed, you know, just five minutes before you go to bed. And I'm listening to a lot of these books that are even, they're boring, they're beyond me, or they're, you know, they're kind of dated, but I'm still getting little tidbits. And I'm realizing the importance of continuously educating yourself. Even if you don't, you could never write an essay on the book or you could never um you know debate somebody on the topic you pick i mean i just read a book on on um future of democracy was maybe what it was called you know and he used a lot of terms like a liberal a liberal democracy and, and it uses it differently than today he meant it in terms of like a, a democracy where people's individual rights and freedoms were protected but he said some things in there that um even though it's completely dated and kind of lost respect for the book when he was talking about nation building of like Iraq and things. This is before he wrote this before Saddam Hussein had been toppled. Uh, and this, the, the intervening in the middle East that he was, he was, uh, talking about turned me off to the, to the, to the book, but I still picked up a lot of little, just tidbits, just little ones and twos from there. And, uh, now I'm reading a book about education, listening, listening to a book about education. I'm sure I'll pick one or two. You've got you've to grow somehow, man. You cannot be stagnant. That's what they want. They want you watching the latest sitcom. And I watch the, no, I don't watch the latest sitcom, but I do watch a lot of uh, YouTube and I watch, uh, I download a lot of movies and stuff. Um, so I watch a lot of you know, science fiction stuff. So I do waste time. I waste the majority of my free time. Um, but you've got to be growing. You've got to be growing so you can understand these 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 games they play with your, your future and your children's future so you can understand why you know uh, uh, a debt-based economy with a fractional reserve banking system and you know this inflation tax that they keep throwing out why it's a problem and understand why it's a problem so that you can vote right so you know understand uh, that the, po- the politicians didn't give you a gift of uh, covid stimulus they stole your money gave you back a little bitty tidbit, gave the rest of it to themselves and their friends, and then uh, pass that along to your children, your grandchildren, so that they'll be suffering all the time, cackling and laughing how stupid you are, that you are so fighting for them to give you more money. And they're just like, yeah, we'll give you more. Keep voting for us. Keep, keep giving us 90% of your production. We'll give you back 10% of it. And you're going to thank us for it because you're uneducated and stupid. That's how they look at us. That's how they look at all of us. And we got to change that. Well, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the producing half where we attack things at a non attack things from a worker's point of view, a producer's point of view without getting too deep in the woods. I'll see you again soon. Hopefully have a nice day.